You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. Hey everybody, welcome to Podcast PXN. I am one of your hosts, Roshan Warner, or Roro as well, so you know, know me by usually. Today I am joined by Daniel, a.k.a. Dan the Halo Man. How are well, you doing today? Dan the Halo Man. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. It's like we usually have nicknames. You're usually introducing us. You know, we have yeah. I'm Nintendo Aficionado, Sean's Pride of PlayStation. Usually Dan is ETM on Twitter. Yeah. So we know that, but I wanted to give you a nice little nickname. So Dan the Halo Man. <laughs> it's like Tim the Toolman, except Dan the Halo Man. I like yeah. it. It's good. <laughs> Yes, um, and we're still giving away shirts, so if anybody who wants to participate in the live chat, do so, comment, let us know that you're here, and we'll send you one of these these blue, nice blue shirts. Send them your way. Uh, we're, we're matching today. I'm wearing the Sonic 25th anniversary bomber jacket, but I'm also wearing the PXN podcast shirt. So thank you, Daniel, for sending it to me, and you can have one too, just by commenting in the, in the chat. Yeah. So yeah, um, if you want to join us here, live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search up Podcast BXN and you will find us Find us there. Yes, sir. The topic of the show this week is anticipated fall games, our most anticipated fall games. But first, the show always begins with PXN and News of the Week, so let's just jump right into it. And today we're starting with FIFA 21 a Legacy Edition on the Switch. The reviews for that we're not good. Dan, you brought this up to me <laughs> before the show started because I, I didn't have it in here. Yeah. But I, I was familiar with the story as they just copy and paste this game onto the Switch without really doing anything but still charging the same amount as, a, as they are for the new improved version. And on IGN, uh, they gave it a 2. So that's, <laughs> that's just showing how poorly ported this game was to the Switch. Um, here, Simon Cardi says, uh, seeing as EA copy and pasted last year's FIFA onto the Switch again, once again saying it has the same gameplay without any new development or significant enhancements on the store page for the full price of $49.99. He's decided to do the exact same thing, and he literally did the exact same thing. <laughs> he says this year for FIFA 19, moment-to-moment gameplay remains the same. And he says this year, FIFA 20, moment-to-moment gameplay remains the same. And he goes on like that for the majority of the review. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think this is... They deserve this type of review for the type of weird things that they're doing. Um, yeah. EA. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think about this? I think it was hilarious. I was like, dude, we have to have this at this show because I, I was literally... <laughs> I was on my phone one day and I saw that review come through on Twitter I was like, what, what the heck are they talking about here? So I clicked into it. I was reading the review. I'm like, wait a minute. They literally just copied and pasted last year's review. And I'm just sitting there dying laughing. I'm like, that is hysterical. <laughs> and I haven't agreed with everything that IGN's done the last couple months, especially for Halo Infinite. You know, <laughs> I've complained about that. But this was freaking hilarious. And to be honest, this is... <sighs> I don't know if this is necessarily a side effect of the Switch not having enough people playing FIFA or if it's a side effect of the hardware where they they aren't able to do anything else in terms of like graphical fidelity or, you know, animation or whatever. I'm not really sure what, you know, which 
thing is the bottleneck in this situation, but either way, it's not a good look for EA at all. Yeah, I think it might be, it could be a combination of both. Like they don't want to put in the effort to make it as good as the other consoles because they aren't a lot of people playing. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it, or like you said, it just, they literally just can't do it yeah. because the this, this system can't, can't, uh, can't handle it. But yeah, I mean, again, I think it's funny too <laughs> and deservedly so with like what they're doing, charging the same amount. If they want to do something like this, then it shouldn't cost the same amount as it is everywhere else. So yeah, good, good for IGN on this one. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, Moving along to the next story, Burger King was in the news a lot this week for <laughs> revealing the PS5 sound, startup sound, but apparently that wasn't the first place we heard it. A lot of people were freaking out saying, hey, look, Burger King revealed the startup sound for PS5, but that's not true. They revealed it a little while back in a PS5 event earlier this year, but that was quickly realized and we moved on with that. But Burger King is hosting a contest, and these things do work, people. They do work. They, I, I don't do it often, but I've seen a lot of people yeah. snag an Xbox, like Taco Bell did something similar with the Xbox One earlier. Yeah. And people are getting Xboxes left and right. So you should definitely sign up for this if you're in America. I can't do this, unfortunately, because I am outside of the boundaries of this contest. But starting tomorrow, October 15th at 9 a.m. Eastern, uh, Burger King will give us a chance to win a bunch of PS5 games ps5 or a three-month playstation now subscription and they're giving away a thousand ps5 so that's that's a pretty good chance of 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 saying one if you sign up for this contest so i think that's great what do you what do you think about this yeah that's that's honestly that's more consoles than like a lot of the retailers are getting like a thousand that's not a small amount that's a lot of consoles a thousand i mean in the grand scheme of things um but yeah. yeah I think I think stuff like this is cool. Uh, obviously, it's all marketing stuff. Uh, I think Xbox is doing this right now with Taco Bell with Xbox Series X. You can go to Taco Bell and do this. I just think it's hilarious. We have like Taco Bell versus Burger King now. We've got the console wars in terms of yeah. restaurants. Uh, now we got the fast food wars too. Going yeah, on. yeah, that's true. Right. And, but, yeah, yeah I'm, I, I'm in, a, in agreement with that. So I, yeah. again, I wish I could I could jump in this because I, I like Burger King. Burger yeah. King's not bad. I definitely would have liked to participate, but I don't I don't know if there's going to be a Canadian version of this coming out soon. Yeah. I feel like I, we would have heard about it by now. But for all our American listeners, you should definitely give it a shot if you haven't gotten a chance to get your hands on a PS5 yet, because I know it has been difficult. But yes. speaking of PlayStation. PlayStation uh, 8.1 update launched today, but it has a couple of little issues. But let's start with the positive stuff first. The update um, came earlier today, and it in- introduced uh, some party chat uh, upgrades. So what it says here, the original PS, uh, PS4 8.1 update launched today and will bring big changes to the way you set up party. PlayStation has announced. On the official PlayStation blog, Sid Schumann explains some of the sweeping changes. He writes, following this update, party and messages will be more tightly linked together, and you will see the changes to the UI. Both apps will now use the same groups as players from party to voice chats uh, and messages exchange. So you have the same group across the board, so you don't have to make another group in messages and another group for party chat. It'll all just be integrated. Um, as well as that, they're adding new avatars, so which is great. I'm, I'm always jealous of the avatars that Xbox gets. They have some really good ones for their games and just 
some really cool generic ones too. I feel like PlayStation, I don't think has even updated there since PS4 came out. Even Nintendo does this, where they, every time there's a system update, a, a large one at least, they add some new avatars for their, uh, their customers. So I'm glad they're finally doing this. But uh, with this update, there have been a little bit of issues. People are getting a lot of error code and the friends list isn't showing up sometimes apparently. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm sure there's going to be a, an update 8.001 very soon yeah. but uh yeah what do you think about this update it's, i mean it's, it's not yeah. too big but i think it's some some cool changes kind of prepping us for ps5 yeah for sure i think like you said i think this is going to be like a quality of life type of thing for ps4 um mainly for people to interact with ps5 players i'm sure uh i'm sure all of this is kind of going to launch with the ps5 so to speak um so yeah uh, quality of life improvements i think one of the interesting things that came out of this which i was reading a little bit before the show uh was that uh essentially for voice messages or i'm sorry import party chat now uh you can record people's voices so like if someone's being like really like nasty or says some vulgar oh. things you can record okay. their their voice and then you report them with that uh little snippet of audio that it records because oh. people that's yeah because yeah. people were freaking out because apparently some people were seeing like uh recordings in their in their chats and they didn't know what it was and sony's like no no this is just something this is a quality of life thing where you you, you can uh improve the community essentially so if someone's like doing some nasty things you can report them and use that audio in order to you know back up your point so to speak so i thought okay. that was very That's, cool yeah that is cool i i hope people take advantage of that and realize that it's there and and use it because i think i will i know there's a lot of times where yeah Overwatch is a huge example for me where I, I, I love that game, but then I tried to go into competitive or join a team, and there's just some really awful people in that game yes. that just turned me away from a game that I essentially really enjoyed playing, but just the community kind of drove me away. But if you can kind of whittle that down, wonderful. I, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm here for that update. Um, moving on to the next story, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit is out, and... A lot of reviews are coming in, and it's and it's good. It's getting some pretty good reviews. Metacritic has it at 72. Forbes has it at 80. Game Informer has it at 7.5. And IGN has it at a 7. So I think that's the lowest that I've seen. Um, but Janet Garcia is the one who did the review for Mario Kart Home Circuit on IGN. And, and she says, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit's mixed reality novelty excels when you have the space and motivation to make your courses flourish. But occasional tech hiccups and clogged wheels are hazards just as dangerous as any blue shell. That said, when I took the time to really lean into the creative challenge, building a track presented to me, I was often rewarded by having a blast racing on it. Some familiar mechanics get lost in the transitional translation sorry, to AR, but this is an enjoyable Mario Kart game no matter what the role I made. So that's, again, Seven is a good score. That's a good review. It has its hiccups, but it's it's still all in all fun to play. I saw some gameplay on Game Explained earlier today, and it, it looks pretty fun. Again, I remember us talking about this a little bit earlier, where I was like, I don't have a kid, so I don't really have an excuse to pick this up. But if I was a kid, I would be all over this for sure. This looks like something that I would definitely ask for Christmas. So I don't know. I, I, I'm definitely happy that it's getting this... Uh, 
reviews. I, I'm, I'm sure Nintendo is happy with 72 on Metacritic. Um, but yeah, you, are you interested in this? Are you surprised by the reviews that it's getting? Yeah, uh, it, I'm happy that it's getting solid reviews. I think we talked about this a little bit like last week and a couple weeks ago. I think it's really sweet. Uh, but it's like I don't have anyone to play this with, so like yes. just you know, yeah. like you're saying, you're, we're not kids anymore, so we're not like having like you know slumber parties and having like six Sleepovers, people, yeah. yeah, and just having six people like with all the the carts racing each other throughout the house. I feel like my parents would have killed me, by the way, if I was actually <laughs> doing that. But uh, uh, yeah, I think that's my main thing. It, it definitely sounds super cool, and uh, another thing for you know kids to get into. Um, and I, I think the AR stuff is super cool. I thought it was interesting also from her review. Uh, she talked about her cat from Janet's review from IGN. Uh, oh, yeah. She uh, talked about her cat, and I guess the cat initially was like interested, super interested in in the uh, car, like trying to put her paw on it and stuff. But then she said eventually the novelty wore off, and she just laid mm-hmm. on the couch or whatever, and it, yeah. it kind of wore off. Which that's good because uh, <laughs> yeah. I would probably <laughs> yeah, that's, that. yeah, that would be an issue. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. There's another mode in it called uh, Explore Mode, where it's not racing, you're just using the cart to basically essentially walk around your environment in that little miniature cart form. So you can just look at the bottom of your couch if you want to. I thought that was a really cool mode just to add in there. And apparently it automatically does that at the end of every race, so you can just zip around and continue playing and not have to break down your uh, track and start all over. So I thought that was a cool mode. Just driving around seems to be just as fun as doing the the kart races. Sure. Yeah. And the next story we're going on to is more evidence that the Mass Effect trilogy is coming. I remember earlier, one of our earlier shows, we talked about this a little bit. I think it came out, a rumor came out around uh, Nintendo partner showcases where I thought it was going to show up, but apparently it didn't, and we're still waiting yeah. uh, for this. But uh, Gamatsu reports that uh, Legendary Edition for Mass Effect rated in Korea. So that's a little bit more evidence that it's coming soon. Um, the Game Rating and Administration Committee of Korea has rated the unannounced Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which apparently is what it's going to be called the trilogy. That's what it's going to be called, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which includes Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, and Mass Effect 3. Um, apparently, it was supposed to be coming out late this year, but now it has been delayed to early 21, says. 2021 says some uh, some of the rumors here. Um, I'm still very excited for this game. Uh, as I've said before, I have not played any of the Mass Effect games. Uh, according to this article, it's only coming to PS4, Xbox, and PC. I remember the earlier rumors showed a Switch box, so I'm really hoping it does still come to the Switch because that's where I would like to play it. But uh, yeah, what what do you think? Do you think we're getting it later this year? Yeah, I'd or say next year. I'd say probably at this point, just with how late we are in the year, it, it's probably uh, Q1, Q2 next year, uh, just from these rumors. Uh, like you said, there were tons of rumors that said it was supposed to launch this holiday, um, and it could have gotten pushed due to COVID or you know any number of reasons. Um, I did read, actually, that uh, they were porting Mass Effect 1 to the newer engine, and we're having a little bit of difficulty with that, so I think maybe mm-hmm. that's causing them a little bit of problems um because obviously the first mass effect came out in 2007 that's a long time ago so um 
yeah, I, I'm excited for this for sure. I, I absolutely love the Mass Effect trilogy, and I'm excited for you to play this because it they are incredible games. The story, just the fact that your story through each game transfers to each subsequent game and you just get this huge encompassing story that is your story because all of your decisions you've made throughout the entire trilogy kind of feed into um the ending so to speak so it's i love it it's some of the best storytelling out there um from the xbox 360 ps3 generation for sure i'm excited to to give it a shot i as as you were saying i've heard those great things and many more so i hope it comes soon so I can give it a shot. Moving on to our next story is a not so positive one. The Avengers player base drops below on PC. So we don't know this, the numbers on PS4 and Xbox yet. They're not so easily accessible as it is on Steam. But IGN Jordan Allman reports that it got uh, is now peaking around 2,000 players and has dropped as low as 1,000. Yeah, so that's that's not too good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did talk to the studio head at Crystal Dynamics, uh, Scott Amos, who says he's confident that players will return to Marvel's Avengers when the new uh, missions and modes arrive in the coming weeks ahead. So yeah, we still have Kate Bishop to come, Cl- uh, Clinton Burton to, <laughs> to come as well. Yeah. Um, I was one of those people who played on PC, and I have completely dropped off right now, so I'm part of the reason why that number has gone down but um yeah again i I think avengers is such a a great idea i'm still very excited as to what's to come for it there's just so many bugs that keep me from wanting to play it every day yeah um but again i'm super excited for kate bishop to come and all the heroes at what a year six even six months down the line what this game like I, i hope it improves but have you even have you picked up Avengers yet? No, I haven't picked it up. Um, I played the uh, beta or demo, whatever that was. I can't remember before the game <laughs> came out. Uh, and I enjoyed it actually more than I thought I would. Um, but I was kind of in the mindset of I probably want to wait on this uh, for a because of the whole Spider-Man exclusivity stuff. I don't I don't like that. that. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that we're getting so many other characters down the line for free, I'll just wait until, you know, more characters are out and then maybe pick it up on sale or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's unfortunate because I think the game is a solid base. Um, and I think there are people, people out there that really enjoy it. I know uh, Fran Mirabella, he's formerly of IGN. He always talks about it. He's very into it um which that's great uh i kind it kind of reminds me of not to this extent but it kind of reminds me of master chief collection on pc uh it was such a big deal for the halo community to have halo back on pc again with the master chief collection and they've slowly rolled out each game halo 4 is the only one that's left that's gonna come probably next month to pc and uh that base on PC is relatively small compared to the console base. It's like, I want to say it's like 32,000 or something on Steam, uh, which is nothing compared to the console install base or uh, not install base, but active users. And I feel like it's a similar situation, but 
it's also at the same time if you're enjoying something just enjoy it and don't even worry about the numbers so to speak yeah because yeah. that's i mean that's more on the developers i guess to worry about that um i guess it is a little concerning because i think the dlc is free right is that correct yes so the the kate bishop stuff i think characters are supposed to be free uh, going forward um gotcha. but yeah you, you i i agree that it's it if you're enjoying the game just keep enjoying the game. Yeah. It's, but if you're playing on PC, there's already such a horrible issue with, with matchmaking, and less players are just going to make that even worse and a harder experience to, to go with. So they, they need to fix that part. Again, if 1,000 players are playing at the same time, you'll find somebody. But at the same time, they, they still need to fix matchmaking. I, I, it was very difficult for me to find a group to play with when I was, when I was playing, and that, there was a lot more people playing at that time. So... Yeah, but I, I definitely agree that you don't have to worry about who's playing, who's who's saying it's. I had to deal with that with Destiny for a long time. Yeah. It's it's a dead game. No one plays this game, and I'm playing it every day, and I see multiple people playing it every day. Yeah. So yeah, just enjoy what you what you enjoy. I completely agree. Exactly. Uh, moving on to the next story, GameStop. I almost said GameStop <laughs> and Microsoft enter a multi-year partnership. Yeah. So this is coming from GameSpot. <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> Winslow reports that GameSpot and Microsoft are entering a multi-year partnership ahead of the Xbox Series X launch. Um, the customer service experience is set to change at GameStop as the company enters a multi-year partnership with Xbox or with Microsoft. Sorry, the deal enables the retailer to provide a different, uh, different, different. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> a more personalized, a more personalized in-store customer experience centered around more advanced tools through Microsoft assets like Dynamic 365, Surface Notebooks, and Teams. I also heard that uh, GameStop is going to get a little bit more revenue from digital uh, sales if from the consoles that they sell. Is that? Oh, is that? I didn't know I that. I, yeah. I think they're having a little bit more to do with the the digital side as well of uh, hmm. of game selling is what I heard in in a, in a podcast earlier today. Interesting. Um, so I, that is interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm sure GameStop is more happy. Than, uh, Microsoft is about this whole thing because we always see those stories where GameStop is closing down, multiple stores, stuff is happening. Is GameStop going to survive COVID and I'm sure this is definitely going to help them in a lot of ways. Um, I wonder how, I know it says here that they're going to be helping them uh, in the retail aspect. Does that mean that GameStop employees are recommending Xboxes before they recommend PS5s? Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see how deep the, the, the partnership goes, but I think it's great. Yeah. And that's, you kind of make a good point there. It's like, uh, how, how do you handle that in terms of if you're GameStop? Because you're getting, uh, you're getting essentially support from one of the major console manufacturers, but you have to support all of the console manufacturers. <laughs> so yeah, that is a little bit of tricky, uh, tricky line for them to walk, I guess. Um, it does seem like, uh, based on what they were saying in this report that, Microsoft is mainly doing this as, uh, you know, a Microsoft business decision rather than an Xbox decision. Uh, mm -hmm. And 
and that kind of shows up in the form of like the Microsoft service tablets and their Office 365 uh, integration that they're going to essentially use those tools to make GameStop a better place or better experience when you go into the store they can be you know a lot more friendly and walking around and stuff like that i think that's what the main part of this is going to be um anything else i think is just going to be kind of you know uh non-consequential i guess is the word i'm looking for um so yeah i I don't think that this is going to be like Xbox banners all over the place and <laughs> the employees wearing Xbox shirts and saying, yeah, yeah. buy Xbox. Uh, I don't think it'll be like that, but who knows? It could be. I mean, yeah. GameStop's in such a rough shape nowadays. Who knows? They could sell their soul yeah. to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only only time will tell. I, I agree with you. I uh, just going to be a way to help boost the games game stop experience um and microsoft gets a little bit of uh, some free advertising there with their stuff so yeah i think it's great for for both companies i think GameStop definitely uh gets more to gain from this but i think it's great all in all i think it's great i hope it just doesn't there's no bias that is shown from this partnership that's for all. sure um moving on to the next story uh, Microsoft is reportedly bringing xCloud to iOS in 2021 via a direct browser-based solution. So we know iOS has not been playing nice with <laughs> Fortnite, obviously one of them, yeah. but as well as xCloud and not wanting their uh, application to be on their uh, their phones yeah. um, because they have this crazy backwards uh, uh, I, I'm going to read it here from IGN, yeah. <laughs> Adam Bank. Microsoft is reportedly working on a direct browser-based solution that will allow it to bring its cloud's gaming service, uh, previously known as Project X Cloud, to the iOS and iPad iOS devices in 2021. Um, as reported by Business Insider, The Verge Xbox head Phil Spencer uh, revealed the news during uh, a recent uh, internal all-hands meeting. He stated, we absolutely will end up on iOS. We'll end up on iPhones and iPads with Game Pass. Um, which is great because <laughs> yeah. I, I want to experience this, uh, this iCloud thing. I don't have um, uh, Android phone, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a great way to work around this, um, this blockade of, not, of Apple just not playing nice with certain companies. Um, yeah. But yeah, what do you think? Do you think it's a, obviously it's a smart move, but what do you think about him, this, uh, this idea? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... First off, I want to just say I hate that they changed the name of this to Xbox Game Streaming because I literally always refer to it as xCloud. And everyone, oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, everyone calls it xCloud. I refer to it as xCloud, but they officially changed it to Xbox Game Streaming, which I hate that. It's just like oh, no. xCloud's such a cool name. Just leave it as xCloud. Why, why do you need to change that? So I just thought that was funny to point out. But yeah, Obviously, this is a much better solution than having nothing. Um, obviously, it would be much more convenient to just be able to pull up an app on iOS and, and you know, connect uh, that way. But obviously, Apple's not allowing them to do that right now. So uh, I do think this is a good alternative for them. And actually, I read that uh, Amazon's Luna service is doing the exact same thing. So they aren't having an app on iOS. They're doing the same thing. It's going to be a browser-based solution. 
uh, for their game streaming. So it seems like right now that's kind of going to be their workaround um, to get around Apple, which you kind of wonder if Apple is going to try to put in some other, you know, prevention inside the iPhone. Yeah. To not allow them. Just block the site or something. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Yeah. That. There's a lot of antitrust issues with Apple right now in, in that regard and like what they should and shouldn't be doing. And uh, I know they're in, you know, litigation right now with Epic Games about Fortnite, uh, which I believe isn't going to be um, taken to court until like March or something. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, right now, I think uh, this is probably the best solution you're going to get if you're on iOS and you want to get in on the xbox game streaming platform definitely it sucks that they they have to do this but i'm glad that they are at least attempting like you said it's better than nothing and i'm glad that like people like myself are going to be able to hopefully give this uh, streaming service a try uh next year yep uh moving on to our next topic we're going to be talking about a game that has been absolutely (laughs) taking over the minds of gamers uh in these last uh two weeks uh, Genshin Impact has made has made back its development costs in just two weeks, and there's updates coming real soon. But this comes from PC gamer uh, Jonathan Bolding writes: uh, MiHoYo, which is the company that Genshin Impact, has grossed over 100 million since it launched launched globally two weeks ago. A huge global success for a game from out of China. Data from several sources confirms that the game has made upwards of 100 million US in 12 days. And the game's development budget was reported to be in the range of 100 million. So at this point, it looks like MiHoYo has recouped its costs and is just making money, which is crazy because this game is free to play. And they are just, yeah, just making money now. It's great. I, 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 I tried it out once before on PS4, and it just didn't hit with me. For some reason, I booted it up, uh, downloaded it on PC, and now I'm I am hopelessly addicted to this game, <laughs> and I'm definitely I get why everybody is so into it. It's not without its issues for sure, and it's shamelessly ripping off uh, Breath of the Wild. It's very obvious that with the cell shading, but just even some in-game stuff is like it's obvious. Yeah. But uh, I should have known when I saw all those Destiny YouTubers and streamers just going out about this game. I should have known it would be up my alley, but it is. Have you uh, tried it out at all? I'm going to be honest. This is completely outside of my yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I honestly didn't even know this game existed until I saw it on the on the game uh, news that you had sent to me. <laughs> so I don't okay. even... Yeah, I'm sorry. I know nothing. No, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. But this, as, as I said, this game... It came out of nowhere, so it's it's not surprising that you haven't seen it yet. It's it's only it's really new. It's like two weeks old, like I was saying. But people have just been falling in love with it right away. Um, it's essentially a a free to play mobile game, but it got ports to PC and um, and PS4, and it's a cel shaded RPG like Breath of the Wild. But uh, it's really good. It's uh, has some pretty good gameplay. It's not without its kind of stingy microtransaction tactics but uh it's not too invasive so people are still enjoying it but uh in december of this year we're supposed to be getting a new update that's adding a new area dragon spine and february 2021 and there's going to be another event and after that there's going to be six weeks spans 
between we get uh, between updates. So they're going to be giving updates every six weeks. So that's pretty good. I'm sure they're super happy with the success that they've gotten from this game, and they're going to continue making hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm sure. Yeah, that's but, uh, insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great. I was shocked that they made back their money so quickly, but yeah, it's insane. I guess that's why mobile free-to-play games are so so popular. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to our next story. Amazon's Crucible is shutting down for good. So I remember us talking about Amazon Luna uh, either last week or the week before. Um, and I brought this up, Crucible, how it's not doing so hot. It went into, went back, got released, and now it went back into beta to try and fix stuff. And now they're just, they're just done with it. Yeah. <laughs> so over on GameSpot, Jordan writes, uh, looks like the chapter on Amazon Games Crucible is coming to a close. Developer of Relentless Studios is shuttering the game after its short-lived lifespan of a few months. Uh, we'll be discontinuing development on Crucible. Relentless Studios wrote in a blog post. We are very much we very much appreciate the way that our fans have rallied around our efforts, and we've loved seeing our, your responses to the changes we've made over the last few months. But ultimately, we didn't see a healthy, sustainable future ahead of Crucible, which is sad. But it's it's good that they are the ones who get to say that, and they didn't just leave it out to die. Yeah, they kind of just starting getting ahead of it, basically. But uh, how do you feel about the shutdown? Does it make you feel any type of way about Luna, or is this completely separate from that? Yeah, I just feel like uh, this further illustrates, you know, the our point. I think all three of us have the same thought that uh, Amazon and Google don't really understand the game industry. They've never really been, you know, they've never had big first party studios making exclusive content. They've never, you know, figured out what the issues are with big AAA game development. They are just now learning these things getting into the game industry now, like all in with uh, Luna and Stadia. But the problem is, is like, if you don't understand the business, then you're not, you're probably not going to succeed with first party game development. And I feel like that's kind of what happened with crucible. And uh, I, I still have no idea why you would want to buy Stadia with their payment, you know, mm-hmm plan you have to pay for the service and then you pay for the games also that hasn't made sense to me since day one i don't i don't understand that business model uh i at least understand luna and i think it's it makes sense uh where you pay for your channels or whatever uh you're not paying for the service you're just paying for whatever you content you want and um and it actually is running actual PCs uh, in the cloud. It isn't running like proprietary, you know, hardware like what Google's doing. So, yeah, um, I think it's just a product of Amazon just, you know, being like, "Well, we failed. We tried, but we failed." So we failed, but we tried. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, do you think they're ever going to make another game, or they're just stick to Luna now? Ah <sighs> man. I think the problem goes back to like if you don't have first party content like what is going to make people want to play on your platform I guess is the main problem. So uh I think Amazon will try to make more exclusive content. I'm not sure that they're going to be successful. Um but uh yeah, I don't know, man. It's just it's so up in the air with with them and Google with Stadia. I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I 
honestly don't feel like they're going to be around for for very long. But well, Amazon hopes you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Moving on to the next story, new Destiny live event incoming. So this is coming from Forbes, Paul Tassi, who is always writing about Destiny at least once a week, maybe more. <laughs> this guy lives and breathes Destiny, and I love it. So do I. Um, <laughs> so we're getting close to the end of season arrivals in Destiny. So the next season is supposed to be coming soon with a new release of Beyond Light coming next, uh, next month, so we're super close. And apparently we might be getting a live event soon. So I remember the last live event we got we got was uh I forget what the last season was called, but it was with uh the the Cabal and the Almighty was coming towards the tower. I think you you uh witnessed it too, right, Daniel? You you hopped into to yeah, watch it. I did, yes. It was a long one, so <laughs> hopefully they learned a little bit from their previous uh outings with live events and how to pace it. Um, we shall see. I really hope that they are doing it. But the proof for this comes from something that uh, Paul Tassi, or not Paul Tassi, but a player found and brought to Paul Tassi's attention in the back end of the game, which is an emblem. So Destiny players would be very familiar with emblems. They're just a way to customize your character. Depending on what you do, you earn these two little emblems. And this one says... The source of this emblem is end of season event. So it's called Calamity Protocol. Probably has something to do with Rasputin. I don't know if that's all Greek to you, but <laughs> there's, a, there's a character in the game called Rasputin, and he's a AI yes. uh, sort of a thing. I remember yes, Rasputin. So, yes. So he, he uh, went uh, dark at the end of last season. So people are speculating him coming back with the, the pyramid ship showing up and him trying to defend it in some way. But uh, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm all super excited for the next season of Destiny, the next expansion. And I really hope that we do get a, another live event because even though the last one was kind of hit or miss with some people, I, I don't want it to discourage Bungie from continuing to do it. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I, I thought that event was really cool. Uh, it was just too drawn out, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what else Bungie has to throw at us. Uh, my problem, my biggest issue with destiny is just my time. Like my time now is so freaking, you know, limited. It's like, I love destiny. I love the gameplay. I love what Bungie did with, uh, the gameplay for destiny and destiny Two. And I could play that game for hours and hours, but then I would never play anything else. And, yeah. <laughs> and like uh with obviously with me being a, a huge halo fan like I, I spend so much time in that as it is like there's just not enough hours roro <laughs> like i i see t people yeah. talking about how you have to spend like thousands of hours to get like this one piece of armor or this one gun or whatever and it's just like god i, I just can't do it time, yeah. yeah like when yeah, destiny's all about <laughs> yes and like when destiny one was out like that was a time where it was perfect for me because i was in college and uh it was my last two years of college which was my most fun time of college because i had so much spare time because my professors were <laughs> awesome and we mainly did stuff in class and yes. so i spent all that time in destiny one and played all the raids and played you know consistently i literally played that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours but like just i'm now at the point of where i, I own a house i've got all these other responsibilities that 
I just don't have time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I totally get it. But I'm very excited to check out Beyond Light. The light. Yes, me too. I'm, I'm so excited for the live event. I'm so excited for Beyond Light. I totally agree with the time. I'm taking a break from Destiny. My love for it has not gone away. I'm still in love with Destiny, and I can't wait for the next, uh, next season. But moving on to the next story, or our final story um, for PXN News of the Week, is Rockstar buys Ruffy game. So this came um, this week, uh, this news of Rockstar buying Crackdown developer Ruffy in a game. So they've worked on Crackdown 2, as you know, but yep. the other games that they've worked on are Connect Star Wars and <laughs> some other Connect game. And they've had a little bit of stuff to do with uh, you know, Master Chief Collection as well. I'm not sure what their involvement yes. in that was. Yes. But yeah, so there's a little some ups and downs on that list. <laughs> so um, it's an interesting uh, acquisition from Rockstar. But uh, I think it's good. Like more, the Rockstar is such a huge studio, and it has so many people under its wing. It's just, what are they going to do with the studio is, I think, the question that everybody is curious about. Are they going to get them to remake something? Or are they just going to have them join the team for an already in-progress game just to have more people on board? I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about uh, them having Ruffian? Yeah, I would suspect that they're just going to be a uh, support studio for Rockstar. That's my assumption. Um, kind of like uh, the developer for, uh, shoot, uh, Max Payne 3, Rockstar, shoot, I can't think of which Rockstar. I think it's Rockstar, <laughs> ah, I can't think of it right now. They There's like three main teams of Rockstar. There's Rockstar North, Rockstar San Diego, and then Rockstar, shoot, I can't remember the name, for, <laughs> for Max, that made Max Payne 3. And I think after Max Payne 3 came out, that uh, studio ended up just turning into essentially a support studio for GTA 5 and Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, so I, I suspect that's going to be the same, uh, for Ruffian and, uh, yeah, as you said, they've worked on Halo, the Master Chief Collection, which to be clear, they helped on the reimagining of Halo, the Master Chief Collection, not the original (laughs) Halo, the Master Chief Collection. They were one of the, the studios that Microsoft brought in to kind of help clean things up, so to speak. Um, they haven't been involved for a while now. Uh, the main studio that's been involved now has been splash damage, I believe, uh, which they have a long history themselves, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they've worked in that, as you said, Connect Connect Games. They helped Rare makes Connect Sports Rivals, Connect Sesame yes. Street, which yes, right. that's another one that I forgot to mention. Yeah, yeah. And it was like Connect Sesame Street Chapter Two. Like, it was yeah. the, it's such a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it it is a weird acquisition for Rockstar. Um, because they're not like a, an illustrious developer. They're just kind of a small studio that kind of helps with things, I guess. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, again, uh, like you said, just a small studio could be used for who knows what right now. Uh, only time will tell. Um, but let's move on to the topic of the show. But before we get into that, Hold on, Roro. Slow down. Let's <laughs> talk about the games that we're, we're playing first. And I'll start with you, Daniel. What, what, are you, uh, what are you playing right now? So I haven't been playing anything new, but I've been playing uh, some more Among Us with some people nice. in Discord. Just having a ton of fun with that still. Uh, just going crazy in there. And 
I finally finished uh, getting all of my unlocks for uh, season three for the Master Chief collection. So now I'm just gotta <laughs> wait for season four when Halo Four launches on PC next month. Uh, but yeah, they've added so much content in that game; it's unreal. Like stuff that wasn't in the original games is being added like skins for halo three, uh, for the weapons and for vehicles. Halo CE has skins and, and, uh, for vehicles and weapons, which is insane to see like a a 20 year old game have like crazy weapon skins and stuff. It's so cool. And it's all free. Mind you, it's not like paid DLC or anything like that. Uh, you just have to unlock it. Um, so yeah, uh, they continued to amaze me with all the stuff they keep adding. Uh, they added the OD- Halo Three ODST pistol and SMG into Halo Three, which is insane because it's a thirteen-year-old game, or yeah, thirteen-year-old game, and you're adding guns to it. Like wh- what? Yeah, that's it's insane. That's really awesome. That they really turned that game around. It's it's awesome to yeah to see for sure. Um, so what I've been playing, obviously Genshin Impact, I talked a little bit about earlier i'm not too deep into it to really rant and rave about it but i am enjoying it uh the gameplay is fun um but besides that i've been playing more of ghost of tishima and let me tell you i always say every time i bring this up that it's really good but it just keeps getting better daniel it's it's so good it's really good and you need to get back on it i know it just keeps getting better um i i moved on to act three and stuff got real stuff got real real and again, the gameplay is super, super fun. You just get more uh, and more into it as the story progresses and the story is really good. It keeps, again, it keeps getting better. Um, and if anybody out there who has not played this game, definitely pick it up. Don't, well, if you haven't picked it up before, obviously waited, but I, I regret not picking it up when it initially came out. Um, and unfortunately where I'm at right now, I don't have my PlayStation. It's back at my mom's with my sister, so I can't continue playing it, yeah. but, as soon as I go back, like, <laughs> I'm going to continue my story as, as Jim because it's it's getting real good. I can't but, believe uh, yeah, but that's I cannot yeah. believe you didn't buy it on launch day, Roro. I bought it on <laughs> launch day, and then I proceeded <laughs> to play two hours and then <laughs> further. Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. You need to get back on it. Really, yeah. it's really good. And, and I know you you said tell me the same thing about Halo, which I I haven't gone back to. Yeah. So we we both have our our issues to work out on. <laughs> that's true. But uh, let's move on to the topic of the show, which is our most anticipated fall games. So we had a tough time figuring out what a topic of the show was going to be because <laughs> yeah. nothing really crazy happened this week. So Daniel brought up the idea, why don't we talk about the games that are coming out later this year that we're excited for? So I thought, that's, that's a great idea. So I don't know if you wanted to start off, Daniel, or yeah. me. I'm sure we could just go back and forth yeah uh, until we have completed yeah i can start uh so i think obviously we're both very excited for this game and spider-man miles morales has gotten some game informer stuff this week uh and today i guess they showed off spider cat roro yes i know (laughs) spider cat uh yeah that game man I'm still surprised that game's not a full price ga- full price game, so to speak, uh, because like there's so much stuff in there like that wasn't in the Spider-Man PS4, and it's so different uh, that it just continues to amaze me. Insomniac just oh, they're such a good developer now, and 
yeah, Spider Cat is interesting because it's like a uh, outfit that he wears that yeah. the the cat's in the bag, and when he does finishers, the cat comes out. Like what? That's cat so the bag, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy, but it's so cool. And yeah, I'm very excited for that, and I, I'm sure you are as well. Absolutely, yeah. That's definitely on my list. So I'll just continue off of that and make that my next game that I'm going to talk about. Miles Morales is something that I'm super excited about as well. I don't know if you saw the suits that they revealed from the Game Informer uh, coverage, um, but they had obviously the cat suit where he's wearing the jacket and the shoes over the suit, and um, the cat is in the backpack. And it's I just love <laughs> that. I remember they teased that a little bit earlier, um, and I was like, oh, can we talk about? Spider Cat, because this what what is this? And they it's actually part of the game. It's blowing my mind. Yeah. Um, but there was also a, a suit that came out, um, the Spider Man twenty twenty suit, where it's kind of a robotic looking suit, kind of mimicking the enemies in this game, kind of the Tinker sort of enemies. It looks really cool, super sci fi. I think it's really cool. I'm just super excited to see the different um, different skins or suits that we're going to get uh, from Miles Morales. I don't know if you saw um, the gameplay that they released as well with him and Peter Parker, so I'm, I'm so happy that he's in it. I know uh, they did say that he's going to leave uh, later on in the game. He's going to leave town for a certain amount of time, and it's just going to be Miles in New York, and he's going to be the only Spider-Man. But I'm happy that we still get that Peter and Miles interaction in the game, which I was kind of worried that we weren't going to get too much of. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm so excited. I'm going to be playing on PS4, sadly, but I'm sure it's going to be just just this one. Yeah. Uh, can we just please just get a team up of uh, Miles Morales and Peter in Spider-Man 2? Could we yes. just get that? Yes. I mean, that would be great. Uh, Roro, my next one uh, that I'm very excited for, and I'm sure you are as well, yet again, Cyberpunk. 2077 oh my gosh that game and uh there was there was some news this week that uh i think next week there's gonna be uh a new night city wire coming out and i believe it might be the last one uh if i'm not mistaken before launch and man every single one of those (laughs) there's something cool so i'm yes i'm excited to see more from that and i I'm pretty sure that game is going to take up 99.9% of my time when that game comes out. So, yes. yeah, that's going to be good. I, and I feel like it's one of those games where people will say, okay, I don't want to see anymore. I don't want to see Nightwatch. See how many cool things that they're showing off. It's like, oh my gosh, I just spoiled it for myself. What do I have to look forward to? But I feel like it's one of those games where no matter how much they show us, it's just scratching the surface of, as to what we're going to be in for when it releases. I feel like there's there's so many secrets. Yeah. And I remember them actually saying, like, some of the earlier trailers that they showed off, that's like the first part hours of the game. Yeah. I don't know if that's true for the night wires that they're showing showing off now, but I remember their earlier stuff. It's just like, we're just showing you, like, hours of the game right now. And it seemed like so much. So I'm, I'm again, so excited for this, uh, this game um, as you are. Um, but my next one is going to be Destiny 2 Beyond Light, of course, as we talked about a little bit earlier in the show. Been playing Destiny since 2013, since the beta. I, I've lived and breathed that game for, for so long. Obviously, it's had its ups and downs, but it always improves with each expansion. 
And I'm sure Beyond Light is going to be no different, and it's going to be bringing something that players like myself have been waiting for, which is darkness abilities, which is they're calling stasis. But there's always been a, like, who who's really on the, the right and wrong side? Obviously, the light, you think they're the good guys, but in the lore, it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's becoming more and more muddy. So it's, it's really exciting to see the story be, taking that direction. And the pyramid ships, the enemies that have been in concept art since I've been playing the beta in 2014 are finally in the game. So <laughs> we're, we're super excited. Like, and, and this location so has been a concept art from, from Destiny 1. Like if you open up the Destiny 1 art, that picture will be in there, but it's nowhere to be found in the game. But it's finally here. And yeah, yeah I'm, I'm super excited to, to play this come November. For sure. If, if there's anything... If there's anything that I enjoy uh, about Destiny now, even with not having the time to play it as much as I did before, it's it's very much just taking in that world and just, you know, enjoying that world. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of problems with the original Destiny story, um, but the world was still such a cool, like, place to be in. Uh, like, the enemies are so fun to play against, and, you know all the world building that Bungie does and their skyboxes are phenomenal and just all of those traditional Bungie things are just awesome. So I definitely, definitely agree with you there. Um, another one I am excited for, Roro, and this is kind of, you know, a left field one. Medal of, <laughs> Medal of Honor Above and Beyond VR. I am excited for this because... I am a big fan of Respawn. Respawn has made every single one of their games a great game. They have not made a bad game. Uh, I really enjoyed Titanfall, Titanfall 2, Apex. I enjoy them all. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, all great games. And honestly, if there's one developer that I trust to make a great VR game, it's them. And everything that people have been talking about it, like in previews and such, have been very much highly speaking uh, about this game. So I, I'm very, very excited to get my hands on this. And actually, Roro, yesterday I just got my Quest 2. So oh, nice. I have it right back here. Uh, so I will be probably using that with the link cable to my PC when this game comes out because I'm definitely interested to see medal of honor return yes and i completely agree respawn hasn't made a bad game yet and like you said the person that i would trust to make a good vr experience is one that hasn't made a bad video game yet for sure so i i agree i again i've said it many times on the show i don't have a vr unit yet i've always been interested in it um but yeah i'm, I'm excited for you i i <laughs> i hope to, to one day experience vr in all its glory hopefully somewhere down the line with the PS5, or maybe I'll get a quest someday, who knows. Yeah. But uh, my final one is going to be Watch Dogs Legion. So again, my, my history with Watch Dogs has been, I didn't like the first one, love the second one, and I think I'm going to like the third one, based on what we've seen so far. Um, we talked about how the play as anyone mechanic, how optimistic we were when we first heard about it and then cautiously optimistic we became as time went on and then it previewed really well and people were saying like it's an awesome uh gameplay mechanic so i'm super excited to get my hands on that the story trailer came out a little while ago further increased my hype levels for the game um because the story looks like it's going to be a good one unlike the first one yeah 
Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm super excited. I love the location, um, all the different wacky characters that we have going on. I, I, I like that they're not, I mean, the story looks like it's a little bit more serious than Watch Dogs 2, but at the same time, still, they know what it is now. They're not taking themselves too seriously as they did with, again, the first one, yeah. where they're having a little bit more fun with it. So I'm excited to to jump into this one. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that, and uh, I'm excited for that as well. Uh, and yeah, Aiden Pierce was not a great character, but they are bringing him back in as DLC. Yes. Yeah, which... I'm nostalgic for him now, so... Yeah, so <laughs> I, guess, I guess it's all right. He's just DLC. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One more I would like to highlight would just be Assassin's Creed Valhalla because I absolutely love that franchise, and uh, Odyssey was probably my favorite of the entire franchise, and that says a lot because I loved Black Flag back in the day when that came out. Uh, as did a lot of people. Um, but Odyssey was so good, and I'm just excited to see Valhalla. Even if it's not, a lot of people were complaining, well, it looks so samey. That's fine with me. Like, if they make Odyssey 2, essentially, that's fine. Uh, and they can, you know, make another big leap for the next game. Um, but yeah, very, very excited for that game. Yeah, me too. Ubisoft has, has got two games on our list right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, is there anything else that you you want to say before we sign off, say goodbye to the to the people? I, I think that covers it. Uh, thank you for hosting Roro this week. Yes, it's, it was fun. It was definitely fun. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for joining us, both in the live chat and on podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. And thank you, Daniel, for joining me. Hopefully we get to see Sean again sometime soon. Um, But yeah, until next time, later will be greater. And we're out.